Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we begin to look at this week's opponent, the Los Angeles Rams, and specifically their defense. It is one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. We know the Cardinals' offense has struggled in the past two weeks. A huge challenge awaits on Sunday. But first, the team is getting healthier. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 362, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So after two days away, MJ coaches and players returned to the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center today, which I'm sure everyone enjoyed because it's one thing to be on Zoom. It's another thing to actual socially distance, but at least in the same room. And in this case, on the practice field earlier today. And we are seeing this team knock on wood a little bit here, get a little bit healthier, at least some more bodies out there. One in particular, Trent Sherfield activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. He was placed there on Thanksgiving Day, same day as Larry Fitzgerald was placed on that list, yet his name not on the list of players activated today. So we just, we wonder, uh, I don't want to speculate, but one, glad for Trent Sherfield, but we wait Fitz, and of course we also wait news on Deontay Thompson as well. Yeah, I I don't know if you got a chance to listen to Patrick Peterson's podcast. I mean, it's almost must listen just because you don't know what the topic's going to talk about. I think him and McFadden do a good job, but he really thought they missed Fitz in that game. And we, we just, you know, cause Larry's not putting up numbers, but again, my, the spacing with the receivers and people are texting me during the game. Why is it a Bella getting all these reps or targets? I said, because Larry's out. Yeah. Kirk on the outside, hop on the outside. And then, um, but I do think Larry, you know, it, whether it was a catch or not, I mean, I, again, I do. you brought up a really good point um, on Sunday night during our postgame show, and I drove home and I thought about it. I mean, Trent Sherfield, that's what he does. He covers kicks. He covers punts. I mean, that's where how he's on the roster. And Zeke Turner and Dennis Gardeck and, you know, Isaiah's getting more an opportunity. So, you know, every team has injury. Unfortunately, this just was COVID. But they, uh, when you look back, they definitely missed two of their guys. You know, one's – still a top third receiver on the roster, whether it's two or three. And then Sherfield, again, the reason why he's on the roster is because of team. So that's unfortunate, but hopefully those guys can get healthy. And it was nice to see Trent out there. Another thing I was able to see, and we're going to go through some of the roster moves, is that we were 10 defensive linemen practicing. Now, Jordan Phillips was out there. He was on the sled. Um, I know he's still maybe a ways away from practicing. I don't know that for sure. But right now he was out there. But they had 10 D linemen. And Craig, usually – you know, when you go with the three, four, you keep seven, you go with the four, three, you keep nine. And then how many are active on game day? But it was nice to see some bodies out there because that's where a game is always played in the trenches, you know, and, and that the offensive line has been, you know, healthy for the most part of guys, you know, missing maybe a, a snap or maybe a couple of possessions, but it's nice to see that. And then the linebackers, you know, it seems like, you know, I want to learn more about Derek Kennard only getting 11 snaps, but I think it's ready. Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard, sorry, I've done that a few times. I think it's really because of Golden and, and Reddick and, and Isaiah, too, because he could rush the passer. But um, it was, to me, it was nice to see some guys out there because 
We've talked about the safety position was, you know, hasn't been healthy pretty much for the entire season spots. And then, you know, the linebacker position, you, you know, you, you, um, you look at it, you know, Devondre Campbell, I thought he played really well. One of the better players, Buddha, Buddha really didn't show up when I went back and watched the film and it's going to happen when they try to neutralize you. But it was nice to see some, some guys out there where they're going to have to make some decisions come game day. Now, Phillip's just a spectator. He still remains on IR, but for defensive line coach Brenton Buckner, I'm sure he loved to have all of these pieces back. He did get Rashard Lawrence activated from the injured reserve designated to return list, so he is available this week. He last played against the Jets in week five, suffered a calf injury in that game, and then we hadn't seen him since. And then Lecky Fotu designated to return from the injured reserve list so he can begin practicing this week. And if so, the progress is made and the team believes he's capable, he can be activated at any point now over the next three weeks, as well as cornerback Kevin Peterson, probably more of a special teams guy, but at least you're getting some depth in terms of numbers on that defensive side. Because as we chronicled yesterday on Cardinals Cover 2, our Tuesday edition of our daily podcast during the week. Vance Joseph decimated with injuries and the COVID-19 list, and it's trying to figure out who's available any given week. And, yeah, you got to plug and play, uh, but it is good to hear and see some of these players getting back out on the field this late into the season. Yeah, and, and you know, we always talk about guys making the jump from one year to the second year, and obviously it's all going to be dependent on the vaccine. If we get back to a normal offseason, we'll just we'll, we'll chew on that in the offseason. But I think it's important for Lecky, Fotu, and, and Richard Lawrence to return because it's important for these guys to get reps. And when I watch them go through drills, um, they got violent hands. I mean, you could see when they hit that bag. And, you know, another guy that, you know, I was wondering, you know, what's his health status? Zach Allen was out there. And, you know, Zach, they need Zach Allen, whether he plays 40 snaps. I mean, they need him. I mean, we talked about Phillips and Peters and Zach Allen. That was the starters in week one. So that was encouraging to me. You know, there's times he comes out and, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to see him on the list coming up. But, yeah, he was out there. And I think that's important because you have a better rotation of what they want to do uh, when it comes to possibly putting pressure on Jared Goff. Yeah, Allen returned last week, appeared to get re-injured, but didn't jogged off the field and was able to return. So he might be one of those things that has an injury that's, that's lingering and you just got to monitor during the course of the week. But I'm glad you brought up Lawrence and Foto, And I'd include Allen in that mix as well yes. because yep. he only played four games last year and technically no longer a rookie. But in terms of reps, and specifically Lawrence and Foto, when you have no offseason, no preseason – Getting back is one thing, but getting on the practice field is another because then you can really get to work and hone in your craft, get those feet right, the hands right, and certainly obviously help on Sundays to stop the run or rush the quarterback, clog the middle. But I think for them, because of this, I don't know how to encapsulize 2020. It's been a crazy, it's been a weird, it's sometimes been scary. But this team, certainly when you draft who you did back in April, they want to see that progress made and a part of the future. So, yes, this is quality reps and an important time of the regular season. You know, this is an example for me. Um, you know, in Philadelphia, obviously Carson Wentz, you know, he's turned the ball over. He looks a little – he's not confident. And, and all of a sudden they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. And, you know, so and, and supposedly he was taking first round reps. 
but they're sitting in a situation where they're trying to win football games because of what the division record is. And so, and then the media is saying, well, why don't you play this guy? But you know how it is. I mean, you got to be in a flow and, uh, you know, obviously through that late interception, just miscommunication with him and Dallas Goddard. Um, but that to me is an example. So you could see the Cardinals are trying to win games, but they feel like based on Phillips on the shelf and no Corey Peters, that these guys could be part of the rotation and they'll get better as it goes on. But I just think it's valuable reps, but they're also trying to win games. And that's a little bit different than other teams at this point in the year. Yeah. And that's difficult when you're trying to win, stay in a playoff chase or improve your playoff position yet at the same time, get these young players to improve and see some progression, see some development. How do you balance that as far as getting them game time snaps versus someone else but in the Cardinals' case, with respect to Lawrence and Fotu, you have no other options at this point because of how banged up that unit has been with Corey Peters on the shelf the rest of the season and Jordan Phillips on IR for the time being. Yeah, and I think I'm glad you put Zach Allen there because, you know, as you said, he only played four games. And, you know, I'm glad he didn't have to have surgery. But I think him and Mason Cole and Dan Arnold really got stronger in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, I would put him in that same equation because on paper – you know, Corey Peters is a free agent. I would think he's playing at a high level, great locker room guy. You know, you don't know, you know, if he wants two or three year deal, you know, they'll obviously try to figure that out. But those guys are going to be part of the rotation next year. I mean, Phillips should be starting. Allen should be starting. And then one, if one of those two guys, and I get the impression from Vance and maybe you do, when it comes to Lawrence, they think he can do a little bit more than what Lucky can do just based on the, on the body size and what they did in college. I know it's the NFL, but they're really intrigued with these prospects. Yeah, and that was something that they brought up after the draft. Is like in college, Lawrence and Fotu were asked to do one thing, and the Cardinals believe with some practice and some reps, you can expand that skill set a little bit to where they're more effective on the NFL level. A quick sidetrack here, and because you brought up Corey Peters and the injury and becoming a free agent, and then it hit me. The last time we saw a veteran player go down to a season-ending injury, it wasn't long after that general manager, Steve Kahn, we got the press release, A.Q. Shipley had been re-signed for the following season. He was going into his free agency offseason, and he was on the shelf. I wonder, and I know things are different here in 2020 with the salary cap and everything else, my guess is, without talking to anyone, MJ, Cardinals would love to have Corey Peters back. I don't know if it's feasible for something to get done before the end of the season, but it certainly would make, I'm sure, Vance Joseph a lot happier, Brenton Buckner a lot happier, if you know going into 2021 that you have a Corey Peters to perhaps, well, one, play and play well, but two, also be that veteran presence in that defensive line room. Yeah, no, that's a great parallel. I mean, I didn't even think of that, but we, again, you know, uh, the cap probably going to go down about 175. Um, I think some veterans are going to get squeezed. And then, you know, the Cardinals have to ID who they want to resign. You know, some of these rookies will be coming off their rookie contracts. You know, I'm, I'm assuming they want to get Kirk done before he uh, tests free agency. So that's a lot of heavy lifting in the offseason. Going to make a decision at the running back position with uh, Kenyon Drake, as I told you, uh, Yesterday, I looked at the running back free agent list, and he was number one on there. And then it's, it's guys like Tevin Coleman and Carlos Hyde, who I really like. I think they got a one-two punch in, in Seattle now with him and uh, Chris Carson. But, yeah, um, but I, that's a really good idea because that's that's how you take care of a player, and that's what they do with Shipley. And Shipley bailed him out for a long time. 
Um, so that's a really good parallel or, um, to, to where I could see them doing that. And because not, not because he's a great guy, it's because he's a leader. And when he's in the game, he's productive. Just me thinking out loud. Again, it was just yeah. something that popped in my head, and I thought I'd throw it out there. But uh, I personally would love to see Corey Peters come back just because he said, is not only a good guy but a good player on and off the field. As we continue here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, want to let the Bird Gang know that this Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m., the Cardinals and Desert Financial Credit Union are hosting a contactless drive-through toy drive at both State Farm Stadium and the Tempe Sports Complex. There'll be masked volunteers will collect and sanitize new unwrapped toys and donations at both locations with all contributions benefiting Helping Hands for Freedom, which is a group that serves families of military and first responders. Again, that's this Saturday, December 5th from 8 to 11 State Farm Stadium and Tempe Sports Complex, a holiday toy drive, drive through contactless toy drive. And of course, if you do participate, you can enter to win items autographed by Cardinals players like Buda Baker, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, and Patrick Peterson. You can go to azcardinals.com for more information. Of course, this weekend, that is Saturday. Now, Sunday, the Cardinals will host the Los Angeles Rams, the first of what will be two meetings over the last month of the regular season. Five games total for the Cardinals, who are 6-5, and five, and the Rams at 7-4. and four. And we spent a lot of time Monday talking about this Cardinals offense kind of stuck in gear, if you will. 21 points, 17 points the past two weeks. They need to get back on track. They need to get back on that five-game run where they had 30-plus points and 400-plus yards, and that was what this offense is built on. I don't know. Now, the last time this team was on a two-game losing streak, they were able to, quote-unquote, get right by playing the Jets. I don't know if you can get right playing the Rams, MJ, especially this Rams defense, which is, if not the best in the NFL top to bottom, one of, and when I say one of, there might be only two or three other teams that have a defense like the Los Angeles Rams. Well, normally when you're building your defense, it's really, you know, the outside pass rush. And, you know, Michael Brockers had a deal with the Ravens and then he went and going back to the Rams and then you throw in Aaron Donald. But I, I really think, you know, the way we watched Jamal Adams play, that's the way Jalen Ramsey, even though he's a corner. So if you get that shutdown corner, and give the Niners a lot of credit because when Richard Sherman returned, they were a different team. A lot of people think when they're healthy in that secondary, they could be the strength of this division, at, you know, with both corner spots. But, yeah, I mean, they – and then he's throwing Aaron Donald where I want to say he's he's got 10 sacks already this year and he's, he's done well against the Cardinals at home, like I'm sure every team in the division. But, yeah, I mean, that that's where it all starts. But I think they, they got the pass rusher even though he's not 25 – they got the interior guy that can – I mean, literally, you see centers, uh, running backs, and tight ends basically try to stop him to get to the quarterback. Almost two to three guys. Not saying he's getting triple teamed at the line of scrimmage, but there are times when you have to at least put, a, you know, a, kind of railroad up there, or, you know, uh, layers because you don't want to get to the quarterback. So they, they have the key players in the key positions. There was the last stat I saw with respects to Aaron Donald that he was the most double-teamed defensive player in all of football, and it was even triple-teamed about a dozen or a dozen and a half 
times this season, which is just unheard of. But you've got Aaron Donald, you've got Michael Brockers, you've got Troy Reader, who was a tackling machine last week, and then, of course, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. So you, at every level, yeah. you've got star or stars. And then this is what the Cardinals offense, and we're going to get into try to figure out how to correct this Cardinals offense and get into what Kyler Murray had to say earlier today. But just so the Bird Gang is aware, this is what the Cardinals offense is facing on Sunday. The Rams rank in the top five in eight different defensive categories. Total yards per game, net passing yards per game, takeaways, points allowed, sacks, rushing yards per game, third down percentage, and passing percentage. That basically covers it all, MJ. The run, the pass, and keeping teams out of the end zone. And just by comparison, uh, you know, we, we talked about the Cardinals making strides from the Steve Wilkes era. And then, you know, obviously, you know, last year they got better. Um, but everything you mentioned with the Cardinals, they were in the top 15 of a lot of those categories. So just you can see the difference in the defenses. Now, clearly, uh, they went with the new coordinator, but he was a position coach. Um, they rely on their, their offense to score points, and then they try to force you to, you know, get you three and out. So a little bit different personnel, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation where, you know, and, and I'm old enough to know this, Craig, and figured it out. StatWiz helped me out here. Between 2006 and 2017, the Cardinals had won 15 of 22 games against the Rams. 15. Things are a little bit different now. <laughs> Including a nine-game winning streak is the longest in series history for either team. However, Los Angeles enters this week's contest having won six in a row in five straight in Arizona. But I am old enough to know and watch those games in 2006 to 17, 15 and 22. It's time to change the tide. Yeah, the last time the Cardinals beat the Rams, 2016. Last time they beat the Rams at home, 2014. Of course, what was the big mantra, uh, Bruce Arians? The Rams always finish 8-8 eight and eight under them. Jeff Fisher, that's no longer the case. Sean McVay has turned that franchise around and doing it with defense and then a capable offense as well. We'll touch on the Rams offense on Thursday, but I am thoroughly impressed. I always knew this Rams defense was good with an Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but I got to admit, numbers-wise, and we talk about it a lot, game's not played on paper, it's played on the field, but numbers-wise, You'd be hard-pressed to find another defense that is this good, top to bottom, in basically every statistical category you can think of. And then you wonder, and it's because the offense turns the ball over, this team should be a heck of a lot better than 7-4. and four. Yes, I agree with that. And, you know, last year, if they would have won with eight, uh, seven teams, they would have got in. Yeah, I mean, but, you know – Anyone would take that defense. But again, how do the how do the Cardinals attack that de that defense? And I think get hopefully if Larry's able to practice towards the end of the week, we may not know anything until Saturday officially. Um, I do think the Cardinals feel like they could still line up and run that football. Now I think Belichick and Brian Flores, maybe even a guy like Matt Patricia, after that 10-0 lead last week. Um, they started protecting the edges, and we know that the Cardinals like to use every blade of grass. It's a, the, 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 the air raid, the run raid, 
it's predicated on using the entire field. And like I said, I don't mean to be redundant, but I didn't see the spacing in there. And then, you know, we're probably going to see some mass protection. Um, you know, they, they do have uh, Max Williams and uh, Dan Arnold. And I think Arnold's been open on that, on that scene pass. It's just, but, you know, obviously Kyler's got to see that, but uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I trust Sean Kugler and they, they got to get it right with protection, but I do think we could see some mass protections and maybe some, not so much four wide where you go, you, you, you maybe go 11 personnel, one tight end, three wide, and you get your playmakers on the field, Hopkins, Larry, Kirk, Arnold Williams, and then, you know, Chase or, or Kenyon Drake. And then again, Kyler could be the luxury. So, but they got to win it at the line of scrimmage um, because you don't want to be in third and long on this team. And then you're, you're punting and, and you're playing for field position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, clearly they got their work cut out. But I, I think if they go back and say, you know, hey, yes, t- there's, there could be a blueprint out there, but every team is different and every coordinator calls it different, even though the, they feel like there's something out there that's keeping him in the pocket. So I think they got to be patient. Also, you can't force thing, you know, I feel it's okay to punt in this league considering you get 10 to 12 possessions and they got to get more than 53 plays. Well, and then the other thing, you can't get discouraged. Yes. If it doesn't work initially. And then on the flip side, you can't get too high if you jump out to an early lead, because as we've seen, not only this past Sunday, but we've seen it across the league every single week, there's one or two or three teams that are coming back from double digit deficits which hasn't happened in a long, long time, if ever, in the NFL. And that just goes to show you just how dominant some of these offenses are, that you're never really out of it, even if you're down three scores, depending on how much time is left in the game. But you brought up, and we talked about it on Monday, as far as the Bill Belichick tree. And Kelvin Beecham brought it up on Tuesday. The Lions, the Dolphins, the Patriots, all losses. And what do they all have in common? Well, they fall under Bill Belichick. Now you've got Joe Judge coming up with the Giants. Do we see a similar thing? But it also happens, you got to have the right personnel. Yes. And if you're the Cardinals and we focused on it and got a little upset and frustrated that these past two weeks, you got to change something. You got to do something different. Well, do you do something different if you're the Cardinals or do you just keep doing with a little tweaks what your philosophy is offensively and just do it a little bit better. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, Craig, at this point in the year, this is who they are. And he says he wants to make decisions in the pocket. And now, you know, the, the passing lanes that he's getting, what I think he has 12 bad at balls down this year. I Correct. think that was less stat. So I want, I want to do what they do with Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Move him out of the pocket. Cut the field in half. You know, make, you know, not, not to simplify things because he can make every throw and, you know, I know X receivers and, you know, Julio lines up on the left, left or right side and Mike Thomas, they kind of move them around because they got some speed guys. I just, I just wonder if you can move Hopkins around. And, and one thing I really want to see more is slant passes. We don't, we see these bubble screens, you know, that we, we consider those extended run plays and start off with the Andy Isabella 19 yard game, but some slant plays where, you know, the old Jerry Rice and John Taylor, not comparing, but Joe Montana would throw, you know, a 10-yard, 8-yard slant, and those guys were off to the races. And, and I think Isabella can benefit from that. Kirsten Kirk, even though he, maybe he was your intermediate to deep threat. Um, and I don't know if that's their offense because I think it's the illusion. Here's Hopkins. You have to decide to play man. You're going to put a safety over, and then that should open things up for other players. 
but I would like to see him in this. I, I didn't have this in, in September, October or November, but I started watching the games the last couple of weeks and I didn't like the spacing. And again, Larry wasn't out there, but I, I wonder if you can get some more slant passes involved um, and then maybe moving Hopkins around a little bit, just to don't make it so predictable. Well, what you do need is you do need to have number 10 targeted a lot more. And you look at the number of times he has been targeted this season. I went back and looked at his game log. He's been targeted 10 or more times, four different times this season. Cardinals are three and one in those games. Now I'm not saying you need to target him X number of times and you automatically win. But if you look at the last your odds go up. Yes. He's averaging less than eight targets in the five losses this season. Now, are defenses taking him away, or does Kyle Murray not have the time to focus in on number 10? Well, if you want to look at it, I mean, Stefan Gilmer, who's a defensive player of the year, I think we realize how good those two corners are in Miami um, with Howard and Byron Jones. And then you look um, in Seattle, um, maybe they don't have the best corners, but we're going to see San Francisco here soon, and they got good corners. So, you know, and you're going against Tredavious White in Buffalo. You know, that. so he's he's drawing that number one corner. It's just – I just want to see him move him around. But, again, that may not be the illusion of the offense, just based on where he stands and lines up. We know he can get off press coverage. And one thing Belichick did a really good job was – you know how he gets those screen passes, and we haven't seen as much as that. Um, and he can run down the sidelines and tiptoe. They tackled him right away. They were they were tackling his ankles. They were, I mean, if they didn't get the, uh, the the pass defense, they were tackling right away. And so you didn't see the yards after catch. And that's coaching. That's something they see on film where this guy is getting the ball and he's tiptoeing down the sidelines. And we're not going to push him out. We're going to tackle him and, and keeping him in balance and keep the clock going. Now, we say target Hopkins, yet at the same time, this week he's got Jalen Ramsey lined up across from him. One yeah, of the better, here we go. One of the better corners in the game, certainly the highest-paid corner in the game, and you look at what that matchup is, yet at the same time, even if there's tight coverage, do you not have to throw it in the direction of DeAndre Hopkins just to kind of keep defenses honest so you're not basically ignoring one side of the field or the other? Yeah, and we know that, you know, sometimes you, body language, you know, sometimes Hopkins at one game, I think it was last week, he had four catches in the first half, and I think he was only targeted once. Um, that's not good body language when he comes to the sidelines because um, – but I think early in the season, Kyler, and again, in week one, they weren't covering him, so um, that that's how the Cardinals won, and obviously, you know, making some stops. But I think Kyler early in the season was – I got to get the, I got to get this guy involved early, and I think he was forced in it a little bit. To be honest with you, not again. Oh, body of work. Maybe it got like that way in October and November, um, but when you got you know Larry and Kirk and Arnold and Williams and Drake and Edmonds, I mean, to me, whoever's open, throw it to him. And I know I, I've heard wide receivers come back to the huddle and say, "I was open." You know what the quarterbacks say? Uh, don't tell me, show me. Well, I think at this point, maybe we need we need to see Murray maybe force it to Hopkins, like perhaps maybe he got into a quote-unquote bad habit earlier this season. Yes. Because as good as DeAndre Hopkins is, he's been taken away over these last three losses. Five catches, five catches, and three catches. It's no different than in the NBA. Well, you got to stop the other team's best score. 
Well, the ball is still going to go to a LeBron James, a James Harden. So the ball still has to go to DeAndre Hopkins. And maybe the onus is on Murray getting the ball out quicker. Maybe the onus is on Hopkins to gain a little bit more separation. It's going to be a fun matchup, Hopkins and Ramsey. But that should not mean that Murray doesn't look at number 10's direction or the offense goes away from that side of the field because you're afraid or you're scared of turning the ball over or an incomplete pass. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, listen, I don't like the word force, but I get what you're saying. Um, if he's open, I mean, he if he gets a sliver on a guy and he can face the corner, then he's going to catch it. Uh, but I do think there's other options. And, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure, you know, Kyler – you know, here's it from, you know, Hopkins on the sidelines. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. But once again, show me you're open. And, you know, the guys that are open should get the ball. The one thing we have seen is Hopkins is targeted more on first down. If you look mm. at the splits on pro football reference, it's a dramatic drop off from the first down to the second down to the third down. And then how he is targeted when there is a blitz versus a normal rush and in a blitz situation, Hopkins hardly ever gets the ball. And I don't know, again, is that Murray not reading the blitz and knowing where the open man is? Or well, you got to read the hot. Time? You got to read the hot. And we watch that in Russell Wilson and on that final drive when um, Isaiah Simmons got that interception. The receivers never looked at the ball. If they're blitzing and teams are bringing four, five, and six now, um, before they were rushing three or four and dropping seven in the coverage where you got to throw in a tight window. So, yeah, like I said, it's it's you know I I just think they got to get in a rhythm, get in a sync, and I, I do like when they go with the hurry up offense. I think they're more in up uh, up tempo. Again, it's not like they're you know snapping the ball with 27 seconds. It's it's a normal play, but also it doesn't allow the other team to, to substitute to, to get different matchups. So I I do like that wrinkle in the offense. I don't know if you can do it all the time, especially when you get a lead. But it's not like they're snapping the ball uh, right after the referee sets the ball on the field. On this passing offense, and again, the Rams do a great job of defending the pass, yet Kingsbury earlier this week had an interesting phrase when he talked about the precision passing game, being on time with the ball, having the right depths of the routes. I think you've got to have more sense of urgency there when teams are going to make us throw it and we get in situations where we have to throw it, end quote. Precision passing game. Well, that that tells me, and again, uh, I, I didn't like the spacing last week. I mean, when you have two receivers in the same, and, you know, it's going to happen, but it doesn't seem like we see a lot of crossing routes from the Cardinals. Again, everything's predicated on getting off press coverage, recognizing the defense, and then you have to change your route, and the quarterback and the wide receiver have to be on the same page. Um, but we don't see a lot of crossing routes, and we don't see a lot of slants. And, again, the illusion is we're putting our best wide receiver on this side, and you're, you're going to have to defend it um, according to down and distance. Certainly would like to see this passing game because right now it's uh, it's an average passing game as far as the numbers are concerned. And I don't think we anticipated that this season, especially in year two of Kingsbury and Murray. And then you add one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game. It should be a lot better. We've had our moments, but there just hasn't been as many and I think if you look at when this team has been successful, yes, it's Kyler Murray running the football, but it's also DeAndre Hopkins being involved in the offense. And, and probably the numbers between eight and 10 targets, maybe he gets seven, eight touches. I mean, usually he's pretty accurate thrown to him. Um, you, know, you know, sometimes you get a PI call. Uh, last week they called it on both him and Gilmore, so it was offsetting. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and if he's, I think you got to get feed him early just to keep his confidence up where he doesn't have that body language coming to the sidelines knowing he had four catches in the first half, because, you know, listen, these wide receivers, they want to see their name in the top three or four when it comes to yardage. And, you know, one thing Hopkins hasn't done, had a lot of his touchdowns, but I think because of Murray um, in the red zone and they're able to run the ball uh, and, you know, the, the short gets uh, uh, shorter. And so really the goal line is a 12th defender for an opposing team. Um, but I, you know, at some point I think he's going to string some touchdowns together because, you know, just the way the offense, but I, again, they are trying to run it down there or it's, it's, it's going to be one of those rollouts where, you know, Christian Kirk could have caught that ball a couple of weeks ago and he could have caught last week. You know, I was also thinking about this, about Zane Gonzalez and because you, you talk to people and they're like, I don't know. We don't know really what's going on. And I was thinking it's like a closer, you know, yes. and that closer's got to come in. And whether he inherits runners or usually managers will try to give him a, you know, a free inning. Um, you're judged on what you do in that short amount of time. And, you know, I think Zane's going to have to show his upside because I'll say this, it seems like for, for right now, he's the kicker. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. If we haven't seen or heard of a move, and the only other move that you could make at this point would be to elevate Mike Nugent from the practice squad, and I just don't know if that's a better option. Although I am curious if it is Zane Gonzalez and a situation comes up on Sunday where you're between 40 and 49 and it's fourth down, does these past three games influence Kingsbury's thinking and now all of a sudden you're going for it on fourth down which we've seen Kingsbury do yet at the same time you're going for it because you're not quite confident in who you have on your sideline as a place kicker that can be a good feeling and I'm sure Cliff's thinking about that driving home at night uh, because you're right I mean it's all going to be dictated and down in distance and what the score is I mean does the field goal put you ahead um, where you got to you know try to your defense makes a stop uh, does a touchdown mean more because you know, they're going to get the ball back with five minutes. But, yeah, uh, it's just one of those scenarios where it's got to be on his mind because um, – but he's an NFL kicker. I mean, that's what he does, you know. So we'll see. But it's kind of – my analogy is for now, and it's kind of like a closer. I mean, you got to come in and do your job. And we know that guy blows saves and, and guy can throw 95 miles an hour, 98 BBs. But you can't hit it short. And he can't hit it wide right. You got to go right through the uprights. I mean, he's, it's not like, you know, he's kicking it wide like 20 yards or it's just the ball's just squiving and it's not even get a chance to be accurate. I mean, accuracy has been an issue, but it, I mean, they've been close, just not close enough to where you can score points. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more as we continue here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We teased that we would get into what Kyler Murray had to say with respects to this offense. And I'll give the media a lot of credit, MJ, earlier today, trying to get some answers out of the young quarterback. And to a certain extent, you're not going to get a lot from Murray. One, he's still young. He's still learning the position as far as what it means to be a quarterback in the NFL. And then the second thing is, is he's just not going to tell you a lot that we want to hear. Maybe some of the more long-term quarterbacks will give you something. And then you listen back to it and think, 
well, he didn't really tell us anything. Murray's just not going to give it to you at all because we want to know what this team is going to do to turn around the offense. We want X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and Murray's looking at that going and hearing, well, you want me to tell you what we're going to do, and then someone's going to hear it on the other side, and now the Rams know what we're going to do. And I think that was his feeling because a number of times a question was asked, rephrased, rephrased again, and we want to know, hey, teams are taking you away. They don't want to see you run. All right, if that's the case, what is the adjustment? What do you do? And without, again, he doesn't say anything, but he keeps repeating the same phrasing. We just got to be better. Just execute better. And it's the same thing that Calvin Beecham said on Monday, quote, it boils down to execution. That's why I wonder, is it just the execution or does a real adjustment need to be made for this offense to get back on track? If it was September, I would say, yeah, I I just think that this is who they are and they're going to have to get their way out of it. I mean, football is about adjustments. I mean, I know I'm sounding, it's sounding simple, um, but I, I, when they watch film, I mean, and he said, you know, and, and I really liked uh, the way that he spoke yesterday and Devondre Campbell just about this is playoff football. Patrick Peters is probably going to tell us the same thing. This, this is playoff football. So there's no, no layups here, but you know, he also said there's a way to practice and some guys practice one way, some guys practice the other. I always was told now tone it down about 15%. The way you practice is the way you're going to play on game day. So if you're loafing in during practice, everything's filmed. So they will get called out and they better have a better, a really good excuse why they were loafing. And, and a lot of times, I mean, it's about how'd you look in practice? Are we going to elevate you from the practice squad and those get those opportunities. But yeah, it's just one of those scenarios where, you know, you look at it and you just got to figure, um, you know, there's really, I don't think you can get yourself out of this if, if you don't make adjustments. Uh, you, you can't force it, but I think you just got to make adjustments. And again, they got to win at the point of attack, uh, O-line and D-line. That will go a long way uh, to whoever you're playing in these last five games. An adjustment, though, is it a minor adjustment? It is a major adjustment. It's like going to the mechanic and saying, hey, I'm hearing this. And all it is is tightening the screw, if you will, or tightening this bolt as opposed to going in and saying, well, X, Y, and Z is wrong. It's going to be a total overhaul. We need to keep the car for a week. I, I mean, I don't know well, the answer I, to that. The way I look at it, I mean, you're talking about the number one or number two uh, rushing team, uh, total yards per game. I mean, you look at the Rams, the Cardinals are pretty even, uh, even though Rams may have more um, uh, touchdown passes. The Cardinals have 18 rushing touchdowns. Um, but I think they're at 33 or 35. It could be a little bit higher, but it's pretty even. So we're comparing them to the Rams and their offense. So I just don't think you can do an overhaul. Uh, we know who the players are. It's just a matter of, you know, sounds simple, but play calling is execution. You know, it's easy to hindsight, oh, they shouldn't have done this. And, you know, you watch a game for three hours and, and these guys put 80 hours in. Doesn't mean that they're going to be right, but they have much more information than we do. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. You almost don't want to wait even more than we already have to. You want to see that now because certainly a, a, a bad taste in everyone's mouth on Sunday at Gillette Stadium because this team certainly needs to get back on track. 
if for no other reason to change the perception, to change the narrative, and a win over the Rams on Sunday would certainly do that and certainly make the playoffs that much more attainable for this team right now because a loss to drop you to six and six, then all of a sudden you start looking and uh, maybe the playoffs don't happen in 2020. And that certainly would be a huge disappointment considering this team at one point was six and three first place in the division with everything on the line and in front of them. And then they just didn't take advantage. And we've said that a lot here in 2020. Well, I mean, it's going to come down. Are you going to go two and three or three and two? Now, I love to sit here and say you're going to go four and one because you do want to be playing your best football. But I think the Cardinals, they feel like if they can get in with this offense and the way the defense can maintain, uh, they feel like they can be in every game. So um, just get just take care of the Rams um, this week and then we'll, we'll start worrying about what's happening. But two and three is not going to do it. And when you're six and three and you finish eight and eight yet. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, we'll we'll talk about next year and they should be in position to make a run at the division. Uh, but you're still going to deal with the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson's not retiring. Uh, we'll see what happens in San Francisco, but we know they're well coached. Uh, they move, may move, uh, lose their defensive coordinator, Robert Sale. He's going to be up for one of these jobs. He was a finalist last year in Cleveland. They went with Kevin Stefanski. And then the Rams, I mean, they got a young coordinator. They, you know, we'll see what they do with Goff, but they owe so much money to him. They're going to have to make it work for him, you know? So, yeah, I mean, Two and three would not be good, but I'm just—I'm really just trying to focus on this because you get this one, now you got four, and then you can go three and one there. Um, again, because um, you got two division games to end the season, you know that's going to parlay. There's they're, they're uh, jockeying for position seating wise, but you want to be playing better football. You just don't want to le- uh, limp into the playoffs because you won X amount of games in the first three months of the season. Bird gang, we want to invite you to head to nfl.com slash pro bowl votes and vote for your favorite Arizona Cardinals player into the 2021 pro bowl. No, there will not be an actual game play, but it is going to be virtual. Thanks to EA sports Madden NFL 21 and the Cardinals certainly well represented by the early returns on voting, which will run through December 17th. Again, nfl.com slash pro bowl votes to send in your favorite Arizona Cardinals player. Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and a first here on Cardinals Cover 2, MJ. The first time that we have done a show on a Wednesday in which an NFL game has been scheduled as the Ravens and Steelers playing on Wednesday, a game that was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving, moved to Sunday, moved to Tuesday, And now here we are on Wednesday. By the way, I heard this interesting nugget that the NFL in 2020 will have played at least one game on every day of the week. Wow. I can get used to Wednesday afternoon football. Obviously, Sundays, Mondays. We've seen a couple of Tuesdays games. Have we had a Friday night game yet? We'll have a Friday night game on Christmas Day. Then that's on the schedule. And of course, coming up in December, we've got a couple of Saturdays as Cardinals. well with NFL games, excluding the Cardinals. That's right. In week 16, they'll host the 49ers who will be here for the entire month of December. It seems like so Cardinals and 49ers in a home game for both teams, perhaps. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the Niners are hosting the bills this uh, Monday night at state farm stadium. Sean McDermott was asked, and they, they, they gave up a Hail Mary to uh, Justin Herbert last week. Yeah. 
And he's like, you can't defend it in practice. You, you can try to, you know, simulate it. But he said, we're not going to play the Cardinals. We're going to play the San Francisco 49ers. Now, from a travel standpoint, it's probably better for the Bills. Certainly going to be very interesting coming up on Monday <laughs> to watch that one on Monday Night Football. And on that note here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we will put a lid on this show. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.